Welcome into another edition of the Angry Quarterbacks. I'm Richard Skinner from Local 12 and Local12.com. Normally with me is a real quarterback, or a real former quarterback, Tony Pike. But today, he's got more angry than quarterback. My former angry guy partner, Tom Gamble, joining us on the podcast today. Tony is out. Good to see you. Good to see you as well. I was hell in the Pee Wee Leagues. <laughs> I bet you were. Sta- I threw a mean out. I thought you were a stand-up outside linebacker. Uh, I was on the line, sadly, and <laughs> that's what usually I, wound up in the dirt. That's what I figured. Sad. And then gave it up to play the trombone. Said the hell with this. <laughs> exactly. This is ridiculous. I'm not doing this any longer. But you do follow sports, I do. obviously. Absolutely. And you do have opinions, which are always a good thing. And we'll start. We'll talk some uh, college and high school All coming right. up in the next couple segments. We'll start with the NFL oh. and the Bengals. And Why? I don't know where to start. Well, I think... Uh, let let me start. Then. Sure. I feel bad for you, and I did call you over the weekend and basically say, how? How are you going to make it the remaining part of the season? But, you know, I, I guess it's kind of funny. Everybody's dissecting and breaking down, you know, new coach and all these different parameters. But but I think for me, and you're, you're there every day, there so every call day, me crazy. Sadly. I, I guess if you operate the same way, and I'm talking from an organizational standpoint, which they clearly are still operating the way they have since Mike Brown yep. took over ownership. I guess when you have that at the top on down, why would anyone – you can have a uh, blip on that, the that, radar no, that's, screen. That's perfectly said. But why would anyone have a real belief that anything would be drastically different than what we've seen in recent yeah, years? Yeah, okay, and I'm going to play devil's advocate, but okay. I, I agree with you. Um, the devil's advocate would say, well, yeah, those five straight playoff teams, you know, they, they, they were a part of that. Uh, here's what I want to know, and this is this is the part that, that we're – actually, we're trying to get answers for fans, and we're kind of getting stonewalled. Oh, yeah. I don't know. All you had to do was see that captivating oh heavens, view. That can you not wear Mike... a Bengals hat? I mean, certainly you can go I down to the pro shop. I want to see somebody shake and see if he was awake. Can you go to the pro shop and say, can I get a hat with our... I'll pay for it. I'll even pay for it. It's right. our pro shop, but I'll even pay Man, for it. Man, that hat was brutal. No, here, here's what we've yes. been trying to figure out. Okay. Who's in charge? Okay? Because if, if, if I know who's in charge, and if they were the ones that were in charge of those drafts that made those five playoff teams so successful, making the playoffs is successful. It is. You'd like to win, and winning sure. is to the parameter, but that's still five straight years. That's somebody. Well, there's did, a lot of teams let me that just would say, take one year. Let me just say, in five, for those five, they, somebody did something right. Correct. Okay. Sure. I want to know who that person is. Was yep. that was that was that Mike Brown? I mean, was he the one doing something right at that point? Was that Duke Tobin? Was that honestly? Was that more Marvin Lewis? Was that all Marvin Lewis influence? And over the last few years. Maybe starting with the John Ross draft that Marvin did not want. Right. Did Marvin start losing control of that? And did Duke, Duke Tobin get control? Because here's the ways I want to know this. Because I want to know that, that hey, Duke Tobin just started this year. This is when he really took over. This is when he became kind of the man. And yeah. I would say, okay, then I'll maybe trust the process with him. But if I find out that Duke Tobin's been the guy the last yeah. three or four drafts, well, right. it, then, not- I can't, then I can't trust that anything's going to be different or better or fixed. But the way the organization has always operated is those are the answers that you never get never get so you never really know where to i mean everybody you can pinpoint the blame at the top and you expect the fan base to buy in though when they because i i think all the fan base wants to know is somebody's going to do something to fix it and i trust that person to do it maybe it's zach taylor i don't think it is because he's he's ducked and dodged questions and and doesn't want to answer stuff about drafts and aj green and things and i get it if he's not in charge of that i'm not well if you don't have the answer if you can't provide the answer and you're not given the autonomy to make those decisions what is he supposed to say here's the biggest thing i would tell you though if you think back to when marvin lewis took over as the head coach i can still remember driving on the interstate seeing the billboards Mm -hmm. right the in marvin we trust 
but they only went that direction, i.e., bringing in someone new and going outside the box when they if hit you rock will. bottom. When they, when the crowds, when they looked late in the season and said, "Oh boy." We definitely need to do something. They're headed for that clearly. Yeah, I mean, Hell, you I, might I, have I, that this coming Sunday. I think they headed for that the last two seasons, which is why finally they said, okay, fans are apparently mad at us for not firing yeah. Marvin. Let's fire Marvin and bring in a new coach. That's right. fine. I, I, I'm, I'm good with that part of it. But that doesn't but, fix the overriding right, issue. I think they thought that that was the magic wand, that bring a new coach and everything's going to be better. And you watch it, look. This team is terrible. talent inferior. It's, it's horrifying. It's, it's really, really bad. I mean, the linebacking core, the offensive line there are so many deficiencies and so many the defensive secondary the, the i mean defensive it just goes line, on which and is on. supposed to be so right. good is terrible well and I, and I think what what now is going to happen and you've seen this with teams unfortunately if you've watched a team like this forever you've seen it multiple times as the season progresses and an injury here an injury there this guy's beat down well, it, it, it's going to start well, it just it is. morphs because now there, there's a great saying for that right the saying now is guys making business decisions he, yeah. hey my knee hurts a little right. Right. I'm not going to get if, hurt if for this. If we're 6-1 and one and yeah. playing for first place, you're damn straight I'm out there. But, man, 0-7, oh boy, I don't know. And that's one, one guy, and I want to give a tip of the cap to him. I'm going to write about him Wednesday. i got to give a tip of the cap to Sean Williams. Sean Williams, is he showed us his leg after the game on Sunday. It looks like somebody took two grapefruits and put them on his right thigh and now. And he's playing through that. Yeah, and I asked commendable. Him, and to his to his credit, he didn't want to take credit. He said, "Listen, I'm I'm a football player. If I can if I can help my team, I'm going to try to right. help them." And he said, "I've taken myself out the last two weeks too yeah. because I thought it was hurting them." So I, I got to tip my cap to him. But I think there's some guys on that team that have made made business decisions of. Yeah, I, my, my, I'm still kind of. I think. Can I you a, blame him? I think I got a concussion for nine weeks. I, I mean, there's I'm, a part of me that this. says, "No, oh, you oh, should." But got I mean, alley. I'm not going to. No, I don't think I do blame. I don't them. think I do. I don't either. know if I could look my teammates in right. the well, eye. That's an issue, but I don't blame them. But the other thing is to look, and I'm not. I'm not in the the majority that put Andy Dalton in all the offensive woes. All right, I, I don't yeah, think he's, this team, he's about problem number thirteen on the list. However, I, I would tell you. You do. I mean, so so you think about. Look at all the areas that need improvement, mm-hmm. drastic improvement. Which again, if you're not willing to play any ball in free agency, right? You're in. I mean, right. you can't. Obviously, the draft. You can't do it every year. You, it's you not can, working. You, you can when you were drafting good. Well, right. But if you look at the last four or five drafts, and then it's you been add awful. nothing in free right. agency, it that, compounds the problem. Right. And that's where I think the answer has to be: give fans the person that's going to get you out of this rut. Tell me who that yeah, person not is. Not going to happen. Is it Duke Tobin? And if it is, was he a part of those successful drafts? I know he was part of scouting those players, but who did the selecting? Yeah. Who did the selecting in 2017 when Marvin, it sounds like, didn't want John Ross at all? Was that the point where Marvin just went, all right, you take it away from me, that's fine. I'll, you know, I'll ride out the next couple of years and I'll be gone. I'll, now, I'll make another five mil the next couple of years. From your perspective, covering this team on a day-in, day-out basis, feel bad for you again. How, how much of this, while I know it is five-plus years away, how much of it becomes the renewal of the lease and, and all of that discussion? Because I'm telling you, I, I, I don't think I think they tie in, but they don't. I don't think people will buy their season tickets, or the Bengals will not do anything because of that. I think they still, I think they still want to put a winning product out there. But I th- I've always said I think they so want to do it their they? way. When you say they, I, I guess you, the really, family. I guess the, the family. family. But again, the the family doing it the way the family has always done it, and, and I guess that is the toughest. You know, and look, I hate to say, it, I, I'd say that they don't know what they're doing. Well, I mean, I, I think that's well. And let me let me go to a different team, right? In the NFL, let's go to Washington. 
I mean, Daniel Guy Snyder, doesn't know what he's doing. No, obviously. I mean, Jay Gruden did a very poor job, right, wrong, or indifferent, as the head coach of the Redskins. There but, are, but when the owner says draft Dwayne Haskins, oh, and correct. he said, I don't want Dwayne right. Haskins, draft Dwayne, well, I don't want Dwayne Haskins, draft Dwayne Haskins. Let's go way back, way back when we used to do a show with Bob Trumpy. Do you remember the infamous story about, and I want to say this was when Bruce Coslett was the head coach. I think coach. I do. Is this when he wanted to keep Jeff Blake? Yeah, yes. And he, and he said, I can win with this guy. Absolutely. And, and, and got vetoed. Yep. And said, so I mean, and, and we always At talk about. At that point, about, Bruce just went, okay. Yeah. It's on well, you guys and now. Maybe Mar- you know Marvin Lewis, who's having success on the staff of Herm Edwards in Arizona State. I know we'll talk college football a little later. But you know he has to be going, see? Yeah, I, I, fix, I, mean, I fix some of these woes. Look, right. and some of it, you can point to Marvin as a, as a coach who, who didn't get it done. But you can also point to Marvin as kind of a builder of the franchise, and yes. I'm gonna I'm gonna give him the credit for it. Yeah. I, I look, I mean, I know I know that you could argue that that this is the the end result of Marvin. I don't know that it was. I don't know that the right. last few drafts were Marvin. I don't. Well, here's my only issue with Marvin Lewis was twofold. One, I felt like he had no discipline of players on his yeah, team, I know. and that there, got there out of issues. hands. Yeah. Of games that they clearly, you talk about playoff wins, they could have won a game or two had some of that not festered. But ten of his sixteen seasons, right. I would deem pretty successful. Correct. And the only other thing that bothered me about Marvin Lewis is. To me as a coach, and I know Bill Belichick does it the way he does it, never says anything, but you can do whatever the hell you want when you win to the level he has. That's what bothered me about Marvin. He never answered a question. You know, when you asked him the how or the why, he could never give an answer. Now, this league's got bigger issues. Well, I want to get to those. Oh, Um, my God. Let's put a bow on this Bengals thing. So, I'm going to put you as Joe Bengals fans. Okay. Been a season ticket holder for whatever. I mean, you're not a fan, but you've you've followed this franchise for your entire life. I want to be a fan, but I can't be because I continue to see what I continue to see and hear what I want. I I just can't. If you get no answers for who's going to fix this and how it's going to get fixed, why would you re-up and buy tickets to watch this when there's so many other things that, that you can I watch it on not. TV? Correct. I was assuming that the direct TV well, yeah. Sunday ticket yes. actually works. Yes. That's a whole other issue. I, I would not. And, and I know there's a, well, you know, I'm a fan through thick and thin. Well, at some point you become an idiot. Well, I, 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 I just the I way I see, look at I, it. I think you see it this year. There, there was no buzz for the Zach Taylor hiring. People wanted more because obviously the, the season well, ticket base is very, very low. The true indicator to me is after they almost coulda, woulda, shoulda. Yeah, you had lost 50, in Seattle for your home opener. Correct. So that to me, now you're going to get, you'll get, I mean, what the Steelers on Sunday night had, what, 70 to 75% of the fans in LA for the right. Chargers. So you're going to get Browns. Browns, who are not very good either, right. I might add. But you'll still get Browns fans. But you'll get how about, Steelers fans. How about this fans. Sunday for Jacksonville? Horrifying. How about Oct- or, uh, November, or excuse me, December well, the 1st? one's the Cleveland, Jets. Cleveland, I mean, the Jets, Jets coming to town, rather? Yeah. Brutal. I just, I guess for me, I guess I would ask a season ticket holder, somebody spending money, what is it that's different that's making you spend it? And I think less, I think more and more people are going to say, you know what? They're not doing anything for me. So, I'm not going to come watch your product. So let me ask you this. And so then let, comes a really vicious cycle. Well, that's what I mean. So let, let's just, let's theorize that it's 3 and 13, 4 and 12, whatever well, you're, number you're you want. You're Well, I'm just throwing that out <laughs> there. Right. You're gonna, can you imagine the latter few games? Oh. You're back to the year before Marvin. So as an organization, yep. you're not. I don't. You're not going to get rid of Zach Taylor after no, one and, year. No, and, and honestly, and I, I'm not and saying I, I, sure. And I want to tell you, I don't right. know if he can coach or not. Right, but I can't. Evalu- to find I, I out. can't evaluate him on this. Slump. So what do you do? 
So because you, again, you're not going to bring your look. It's not suddenly, or maybe is this finally the time when they bring in a well-noted football guy? If you want to get the trust of the fan base back, you absolutely have to do that. Have period. To do end it. of story. But again, family-owned, family-operated uh, business. You can do whatever you want. Well, that's right, and fans can do whatever they want, which is not come watch your crappy product and spend mm. money on it. Valid point. Okay, shame on yes. you guys. All right, you mentioned it. The NFL oh. does have bigger problems, and I, I, I said this early in the season. And I did not get a chance to watch much of the Monday night game. I, Horrifying. I, I, did, I did see the I, I saw the first of the uh, what what they call the hands of the face one. Right. I didn't see the light the last one. Um, ESPN Radio, uh, the morning we're taping this, had on a former official, John Perry, who I think was the head referee in Super Bowl forty six. Correct. And very rarely do you hear officials criticize other officials. Oh, well, last night they and were going he crazy said, on the ESPN on the TV yeah, broadcast. How do you how do you call that? I don't know. It, 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 I'm not going to lie; it makes you wonder. And, and honestly, uh, it's, it's getting to the point where every single game, it feels like you go two plays and a flag is thrown, and of the flags thrown, fifty percent you go, what 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 did you what, what are you calling? Well, there was a there was I was watching some of the. Makes you wonder what kind of a Sunday afternoon I have. The Jets and Cowboys. Oh, my. And there was that drive where there were eight penalties on the drive. I mean, and, and half of them weren't penalties. Yeah, it's... I just... It, it makes... Look, and I know the old you could hold, call holding on every play. I get all that. But boy, oh, boy, last night kind of makes you wonder if Green Bay wasn't supposed to win that game somehow, some way. And now, look, and, and you want me go to, back to the first half. Hey, Detroit you, was inside the 10. You, you they kicked want, two you, field goals. You want me to theorize, and, and you know me, I love conspiracy theories. The, the betting line for that game was three and a half points. Right. In a vacuum, that seemed about four points too short of what the line should have been. Green Bay owns Detroit in Detroit. Green Bay is a better football team than Detroit. Green Bay had been playing pretty well. I know Detroit had played pretty yeah. well too, but three and a half seemed very, very small to me. And everybody I talked to said, man, I, you, you, you got to take Green Bay, right? Well, but think about this though. Co- Honestly, I'm at the point where I, who's in cahoots with who? But the Maybe final score yeah, didn't, Green Bay. Well, didn't, Really didn't though. It did. Because it did because Green Bay was given three and a half. Detroit covered, and maybe, maybe D- Green Bay wasn't supposed to win the game, and they well, somehow won okay. it. But it was by the skin of their I teeth and didn't cover. Here's what I think. I, I truly believe. Stuff. I truly believe that officials can't keep up with it anymore. I think there's they're so being, much athleticism. They're being, well, I think they're also being asked to look for too much. Agreed. And so they over-officiate it instead well, of under-officiate So now you're at where you can challenge pass interference. I mean, you know, it's kind of like at some point, we're not far off in baseball well, from the robotic umpire. Yeah, the from, challenge you know of the pass I mean. interference, though, and, and it's obviously, it's, it's very, very few of those guys are winning those challenges. I think right. going into Sunday, they... Challenges were overturned seven out of the 52 times they were challenged. Because the rule is actually written that it has to be egregious. Right. And maybe we get to that with all these penalties. That, that holding literally, it has to be me great. And it really, that's the, the letter of the rule. Right. I'm allowed to put my hands on you. I just can't, if you try to move, I can't restrain you. So technically, I can put my hands right. on you. I can actually physically grab you. If you decide at that Please point don't. you're not going to keep rushing me or going after the, the ball carrier, then that's really not holding but maybe it's got to get to the point of being really egregious where I see a guy take a guy and, and literally throw him to the side or hold on to him physically and pull him backwards. Um, you know, the hands to the face one. I need to see yeah. almost the helmet come off. Oh, no, yeah, that's that's been called a ton. Now, let me ask you. Again, the product for me, there are not very many really good teams. There's not. And, so and, let's and, go. Let's start in the NFC. Give me your, give me three that you think are viable for the NFC championship. Because I think there are many more in the NFC than in the AFC. New Orleans. 
Okay. And that's and that's, they've done it with defense and with Teddy yeah. Bridgewater, who's played admirably yeah. since coming in for Breeze. Uh, San Francisco, I'm starting yeah. to really believe in. I know they, they, you know, some of their wins were were Bengals yeah. and, right. and and Steelers. Yeah, the Steelers they were going just, poorly, but they, but they right. killed the right. Bengals. Right. I mean, and I think this past Sunday, inside their division, beating the beating the Rams the way they did, they dominated them. I think Kyle Shanahan's done a nice job there. His play calling, he really has. And, and John Lynch, the GM, yes. assembled yeah. a nice yeah. team. Isn't that amazing? Yeah. The GM assembling huh. a team. Yeah. Huh. And I guess I'd go Green Bay, but I I, I don't even know. Like I can't go with anybody in the East. Oh man, the East is, but Dallas has been brutal. The, the North, I mean, Minnesota's been good at times. It's a long Green jam, Bay's but they've been, been too inconsistent though. Chicago doesn't have a quarterback right Seattle? now. I don't think they're elite though. I think they just find ways to win because Russell they Wilson's do. really good. He is really good. Um, no, I'm just I'm going with the okay. two. I'm going with Frisco in New Orleans. That's it. That's can what my list starts me, and stops. Well, can you give me three in the? Obviously, New England is one. That's it. I, I would have easily given you Kansas City, but they're a they're a flaming train. They got some train issues right now. right now. Yeah, I can't and, give you anybody else. And how about you know the worst part I think for Bengal fans, not to get back to the Bengals, but is this division is really terrible. Bad. It's bad. It's terrible. It's really bad. Again, I mean Baltimore is a very average. They're team. okay. They're, they're they're okay. They're the best of the lot. They are, but that's they, not saying much. They know what they want to do. They've built around their quarterback yep. the way they have, but they're not very good. No, I Cleveland's agree a with mess. You. Yeah, honestly, Pittsburgh, if if it plays defense the way it did the other night, might right. might creep its way back into it. If they get Rudolph back, which they will, they got a yeah. bye week. And you ready for that Monday night game, Miami at Pittsburgh? Can you imagine? Can <laughs> you just imagine? It's bad. But yeah, I, I would brutal. tell you, I, I agree. I think from the Bengals to the league to bad teams, it, it's it's a rough start for the NFL. Yeah. It really is. It's almost to the point of being unwatchable. Unless you have money on it or a fantasy player involved well, in it. I've said for years, team, it's impossible. take out gaming and fantasy play. You, you'd and, cut the audience. You would. Honestly, you'd cut 75% of those watching. I really believe that. I mean, Joe Schmo is just not not watching this product no. just because he likes to watch football. Hell no, he's not. He's watching because he's got something on it. You know what season it is. Time to go out and rake some leaves. <laughs> it is leaves. Yeah. Let me tell that's, you this that, right that's now. That's the good part about the tri-state, though. You're going to some really nifty yards that are going to look very nice. Let me tell nice. you. Bengals in Jacksonville, give me a rake. It's supposed to rain that day, too. Can Great. You make, can you imagine what the crowd will be like if it oh. rains? Well, they were lucky last week, because or the last, last game, home game. game, because there was threat of rain yeah. that day, too, that yeah. dissipated. Yeah, well, this one's not supposed to dissipate. Can you imagine rain. Jacksonville Bengals in the rain? <laughs> give me a rake 16,000 people. It'll if be you're brutal. lucky, it I feel bad. Brutal. At least you're getting paid for it. I am getting paid for it. That's because uh, that if you weren't and you'd still be doing it, I'd question yeah, your I, sanity. I'd question my own sanity. Correct. At that what if you were paying for it? I, see, that's the thing. I can't. I don't get it. We got I a know. friend of ours that he's a long time oh, season know. ticket holder, and I just keep I asking him why. He doesn't still wear those Zuma pants. Oh yeah, he does, does he? Yeah, he does. God, yeah, it's insane. Awful. Can we move on? We can. When we come back, we're going to talk some high school football. We are getting closer and closer to playoff time. In fact. One more week of regular season in Indiana before they start the yeah, playoffs. Yeah, that. Big Cross River win last week. Kentucky school yeah. beating a GCL South school. And we'll look at the playoff picture from the latest from the Harbor Rings right. when we continue. I'm Richard Skinner. He's Tom Gamble. In the James Rapine Memorial Studio is where we broadcast this. It's the Angry Quarterbacks from ESP Media. Getting answers. Finding solutions. Local 12 News investigates. As soon as we called you, everything happened very quickly. Not afraid to ask the tough questions. Taking action, getting the truth. Local 12 News investigates. Welcome back into this week's edition of the Angry Quarterbacks. I'm Richard Skinner from Local 12 and Local12.com. In for Tony Pike, my former Angry Guys partner, Tom Gamble. We've talked NFL and the Bengals. 
Sadly, we because must. we had to because right? we're obligated yes. by segment. This segment, though, is one that we always enjoy. We do. Tony enjoys it. I know you do too because yep. you're obviously very involved Absolutely. with high school football. And we'll talk about an event you've got coming up this Friday involving a high school football game, and you've done it uh, primarily all season long. Correct. Uh, so let's, let's talk some high school football, and let's start um, in, in, in. I'm going to start in Kentucky this okay. time, uh, only because Covcath I think made a huge statement win by beating LaSalle last yeah. Friday, 27-7. I broadcast LaSalle's game the week before against Moeller. Came away very impressed. And, you know, sometimes, I, I, the thing is, I don't even want to consider this an upset because I thought Covcath is good enough all along. But after watching LaSalle the Friday before, I said, yeah, I don't think Covcath can can compete with that. And well, I know you like, they compete, they, they, they yeah. that was, convincing. They, convincing. Convincing is the right word. That's a good word. And, and I know you like numbers and statistics, yes. so I'm going to toss one your way. Yes. I can understand why people, so they played, what, six times previously. They, they played seven games, one of them out of out of Northern Kentucky. They played Lexington Catholic, won 39-38. The no, other no, six no. wins. Right, but I'm saying oh, oh, they had played plus, LaSalle. Yeah. They'd never yeah, beaten LaSalle. Never beaten LaSalle. And since 2009, they had played seven games against the GCL South, and had of come, which LaSalle. So they played LaSalle from 2009. And a handful of running clocks, right? Well, two. 2009 to 2012, they played LaSalle every year, home and home, four. And mm-hmm. if you remember the one, it was 41 to nothing at halftime. And they canceled because of the heat. Because of the heat. Yeah. So then they played Moeller and lost 38 to nothing and 45 to seven in 2013, 14, 14, 15. And then they played St. X, was the most recent, was in the Skyline Chili Crosstown Showdown at Nippert Stadium at oh, the time. I remember this. That was Eddie Eveston's very first game. It was 60 to something. It was 50 to nothing at the half. Yeah. St. X, 57 to seven was the final. Right. Now, let, let's duly note a couple things. Because I've had people ask me, I'm surprised Cuffcath hasn't scheduled more. Than, and, and I point those numbers out. Right. But this is not your same Cuffcath. I mean, this is. No, this is the third of a three year run in which they've lost exactly one game to date, and that was in the state championship game last year. Right. Well, think about this. They've won 28 straight after Friday night regular season games, yeah. going back to last. Loss was in 2016, final game against Scott County, and that was 35 to 28. This is a really good team. You had Michael Mayer, outstanding player on both sides of the ball. Had a huge interception. Oh, right. Returned 45 yards for a TD, had nine tackles. I mean, this is a really good Covcat team. Yeah. But I think think that's a statement win for them. Because if you remember last year, they play at Highlands this coming Friday. And, and, you know, in Fort Thomas, people say, wait, they played at Highlands last year. They did, but they're back there right. again. And I think last year was 21-14 to 14 in the regular season. Covcath won. It felt like Highlands was creeping up on it. Well, it did. And I think after last week, it'll be interesting. You're right. The only clo- the only game they've even had that's even remotely close this year is when they had to rally from double digits down to beat Lexington Catholic 39-38. Yeah, other than that, they've steamrolled everybody. Other than that, I think they've given up 16 points in their other, um, well, other they've, seven they've wins. Four shutouts. and, and only Beachwood one. got three. Yep. Cooper got six. Yep. And LaSalle got seven. Seven. There that's you it. go. Wow. And four, that's pretty good. Yeah. Now, let's talk about Highlands because right. they had, a, uh, I guess, a disappointing loss two weeks ago to, to Connor. Now, Connor's only lost one game. They have. Um, but ended up beating Highlands. I think it surprised some people. There are other losses this year. They lost to Knoxville Catholic 31-28, and they lost to a really good Boyle, Boyle County, County team yep. 30 to nothing. I, I would Covcath is probably better than Boyle County on paper, right? I guess. I mean, one of the challenges. And so that's what I'm Kentucky, asking. I know. Yeah, it's hard, it's hard know, to compare score because I, yeah. they really don't. I mean, there's a there's an occasional game. One thing about Ohio is you get an elder Saint Ed's right. and a Saint Ignatius right. Moeller against Saint X. Whatever. And you can try to compare a little. It, bit. It's that's why I've always felt like the state polls. All you're looking at are scores every mm-hmm. week, and you'd have no idea if somebody wins forty to nothing in Eastern Kentucky. How good was Correct. that team that they beat forty Correct. to nothing? Correct. 
I, I do think, though, Highlands has got a chip. The senior class, I, yeah. know, I know one of the players, Bryson Huddleston, played yep. AAU basketball for me. He's a really good player. I know they've been looking forward as a senior class to kind of this year to be the year. And maybe maybe it's not going to be just because Covcath is that good. Well, we're going to find out. Yeah, I mean, exactly. I, you know, I thought Covcath was was much better last year, and it was a tight game. Yeah. So it'll be interesting. It's in Fort Thomas again. But, uh, boy, you got to – after Covcast win last week, you maybe got to say, okay. Yeah, and in Kentucky, uh, this is district time. Uh, it's much different than those those of you that follow Ohio high school football where the Harbors are involved. The district game, basically everybody gets in the playoffs in Kentucky, but you play um, four, maybe five, depending on your district, four district games, uh, sometimes right. three district games, and your your record is is how you're seated. So I mean, you have to almost go games. winless in your district, and some teams even do that and, and still, still make get it in. if it's that, a four-team district. That's correct. Uh, a couple other matchups, though, over in Kentucky yep. and district-wise. I believe Cooper. Cooper Connor this week, correct? No, they played last they week. They did play last week. 35, it was a hell of a game. 35 29. I'm trying to think of Connor. Connor. Plays. Yeah. Connor won. Well, and don't forget, Connor's got Cuffcath, not Friday. In a district but, game. Next and week. that's our crosstown and the Skyline Chili Crosstown Showdown in Hebron. It'll be Cuffcath at Connor. What is week nine? Yep. It'll be on uh, October 25th. In 2A, though, is a good matchup. I got a chance to broadcast both of these teams this year. Saw Lloyd against Connor. Yep. They lost 24 to 12, and they played Beachwood this week. Beachwood started the year 1 and 4. But played a brutally tough schedule. They did, uh, they, and had some injuries, had graduation some injuries. losses, injuries, etc. But they've won two in a row. Beat Dixie Heights two weeks ago. Last week, yep. uh, steamrolled Holy Cross sixty-eight to six. But I think Lloyd really believes he's got a chance, and and I think it does. I, that, that'll be a really good game. I, I believe. Well, this is the one. I mean, Lloyd Beachwood is supposed when you think you know, when you talk rivals. I mean, this back in the day yeah. was a pretty good rivalry, was, yeah. and and it's no fault of Lloyd's that Beachwood has just ascended itself. I mean, they've been to four straight. Class A state finals won the last three. But Beachwood does. I think we've talked about this early in the season. You just expect Beachwood as the season progresses to do what it's doing and they're winning. Well, that's the thing. They, they, they do, they, even when they were in A school, now they're 2A. They schedule Correct. really tough. And then yep. and part of it was they wanted to get ready for the playoffs knowing well, they were better than every team in their district by a mile. I don't think they're better than than Lloyd by a mile. So I think maybe that's different. But I think their schedule will very much prepare them for this game. And as you well know, a very good quarterback, which Cam Hergen yep. of Beachwood is, when you get to this part of the season, if you can keep your quarterback healthy, they can usually be a difference no maker. No question. Uh, let's go to Ohio. We'll start, uh, we'll just kind of right. go, go region by region here. In Division One, Region Four, the latest Harbins, Fairfield is one. They've already clinched a playoff spot. Yeah, I saw actually. that. And yeah. I think they're basically heading for that Week 10 showdown against sure. Coleraine. Yep. Um, for the what, likely the Greater Miami Conference Championship. St. X is number two, actually, ahead of Elder, despite the fact that St. X lost to Elder. So that's, again, the Harbin points. Yep. Coleraine is number four. Coleraine just won its 80th straight Greater Miami Conference Unbelievable, game. Unbelievable, isn't it? But they're going to get tested in a couple they weeks. They are, no question. Fairfield. Yep. I, Fairfield impressed me defensively. I broadcast their game last Friday yep. against Princeton. Um Jutah McLean, everybody knows about. He's a difference maker. He's a complete, but, but you're right. Defense, defense is defense, really good. They the, gave up one touchdown. Yeah. The other one came on a pick six. Right. So, the defensive ends and the defensive yeah, front for Fairfield. Good. Jason Krause has done an outstanding really job at Fairfield. All right. Lakota West checks in at number five. We're going to touch yep. on them in a minute. Princeton didn't move. They stayed at number six. Okay. They've got uh, Oak Hills this week. So probably the win over Oak Hills, I think, gets them in even if they were to lose their last two games. But Mason lurks, and they still play yep. Mason. So Here's what's funny. You know, everybody looked at, and, and, and I'm, I'm going to get to hey, Let me just real quick. Sycamore okay. 7, Lakota East is, is 8. eight. Uh, Walnut Hills is 9, then Mason's 10, okay. and Hamilton's 11. But Mason uh, Mason probably has a fight, more of a fighting chance than Hamilton does. So the GMC went to an eight-game league I schedule. criticized it. Well, and there was a lot of, even people inside the league, some said, wait a minute, we're going to beat each other. The way it could shake down this year, you're likely to have Elder and St. X 
and six teams six from teams, the GMC. Yep. Now that worked out great. But duly note, here's the one thing I want to point out to coaches, and you know this has always been a rub with me. Yep. And and, and I think if you look at that Region Four, you're going to agree with me here. If you don't make the playoffs in Region Four this year, you have no business complaining that you didn't. No, I mean the, the teams that are on the cusp are sitting at three and four right now. Right. I mean, not, so I mean, but you remember the teams that are in you, the, the last three teams that are in Princeton, Sycamore, and Cody East are all four and three. But you remember there were oh, yeah. years when uh, there was a cold rain, eight and two. Yeah, it would be fighting, right? And, and I mean, to to me now, if you how, so, how many t- there's seventeen teams in Region Four there total? Are eighteen, eighteen. Teams. Okay, other seventeen and no kills. Oh, so sorry, eight, no kills. So, it's 18. so eight of eighteen. If you're not one of the top eight, don't complain. Right, exactly. Be uh, one of the top eight. I would I would agree with that. Um, big matchup though for yes. many fronts, and, and tell people what you're involved with Friday night. Lakota West taking on Lakota East. West, again, sitting at number five, yeah. is trying to ascend into the top four because the top four get, a, get sure. a first round home game. East sitting at number eight, and if East were to lose this game, they still have Colerain and Hamilton to play. Right. So this is a well, huge one for Lakota East. And before I get to that, we'd be remiss. Colerain is at four. West is at five, so you never yes, know. It yes. would be they West play each other. in theory, yeah. right? So this is a fun game. Every Tom year. Bolden Bowl. Lakota East has won the last three matchups with West, but this is Tom Bolden's first year. Rick Haynes and Bolden coach together. Cole Rain, they're good friends. Um, you know, but this is this is one of those when you think rival games, you think Anderson Turpin. I think East West. This game is at West. We've got our tailgate at the showdown. You and I are old enough to have covered Lakota. Oh yeah, just Lakota. I can remember covering Lakota. I want to say the coach at the time. Greg Bailey? It was Greg Bailey at Galbraith Field, which you don't want to sit in those bleachers today. I don't even know if they're when still When they were standing. undefeated, right? Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, before they split. And this has been... This has been a good game. You know, this is a game that doesn't matter if there's implications, and now there really now there are. are. Yeah, there's, so, there's a ton of them. Should be a fun game. And, and Tom Bolden versus Rick Haynes. But tell people what you got before the game. We've got tailgate at the showdown. A live broadcast starts at 5 o'clock just inside the main entrance of Firebird Stadium. I'll be there. Joe D. and Jeremy from Fox 19 Sports. Scott Springer will stop by. we get the bands, interviews with the coaches. It's just designed to, and if you are you say, well, man, East-West, I'm, I'm a, I follow this team. Well, we'll cover them all. We talk about all the games yep. around town. It's designed to essentially get you ready. It's very mobile-friendly. Cincinnati.com carries it live. Fox 19 carries it live on their Facebook live page. Or if you're a Roku subscriber, Amazon Fire, I had to learn all this stuff, as you well know. Go on the Fox 19 app. It's all there. We archive it. Uh, ESP Media is out there with us. They set up the production. I get up there, put my sunglasses on, and let my head beam. It's all good. I put no makeup on. It's, awesome. it's fun. Yeah. But it's it really is. It's been a lot of fun. This is number six, and it, it's been fun. I hope to do it next year, all 11 weeks. So we covered, we were at East Central Lawrenceburg, went to Coleraine St. X. Then we went to uh, Loveland Milford, Anderson Kings, Beachwood Dixie, Dixie Heights, yeah. and Alakota East, Lakota West. And I love this time of year because this is when the games really matter. No question about it. They matter. Uh, let's hop to Division Two. Okay. We're on top in Division Two, Region 8 in the uh, Harbin ratings this week. Harrison. Have yeah. a great season. Just Quietly kind of right and, and lost in overtime to East an undefeated Central. East Central 10-7. to Yeah, very good team. Turpin sits at number two. LaSalle's number three. Then a handful of non-locals before you get to Anderson at seven. And Winton Woods yeah, sitting I mean, at number eight. And Winton Woods is barely a, a, in front of Xenia by like a tenth of a point. And they still have Elder and LaSalle. Now, the good part is you win one of those two. Right. You're going to get in. You lose them both. A really good Winton Woods see, team may not make it. And I think this is where the, the outsiders who don't really, and I'll put myself in this case, I don't understand that. 
I mean, based on now, look, there are two losses. They lost the defending D1 state champion, Lakewood St. Edward, you know, and went on the road to another state to lose to Christian right. Brothers. What I don't Both under- which equated, by the way, Christian Brothers and St. Edward. Well, St. Edward is a Division One team. Saint, Correct. The team from Missouri, right. Christian Brothers, equated to a Division so One here, team. So here's the only flaw I uh, have in the system. Well, here's what I'm going to tell you what, yep. what hurt him here in a second. But go ahead. Give me your Well, flaw. my flaw is they didn't want to. I mean, I'm not suggesting they wouldn't play those teams. Andre Parker has never shied away from anybody. Troy Everhart back in the day as well. But the challenge becomes when no one will play them. Right. They're forced to play a schedule that they, schedule's that you shouldn't be playing week in I mean, and week out. It's almost unfair. It their, really is. One of their easiest games was Trotwood Madison because right. Division Three and Trotwood's got one right. loss and they're ranked. I was going to say they're having an outstanding yeah. year too. I mean, you know I, that that bothers me. And when you, I, I guess, and look, I don't mean to disperse for any stretch Walnut Hills. But if I look in D1 in Region 4, you go, how is Walnut right. Hills there based on what it's done, and how is Winton Woods here? Winton Woods that, would be, and I, I, look, I don't I, get I, that. I don't, I don't even think it's Walnut Winton Woods would beat Walnut Hills by 40. They really would. And that's no knock on Walnut Hills. That's well, how good we think Winton Woods is. Yeah, here's what's happened to Winton Woods, unfortunately. Yes. West Claremont, which normally is a 500-ish team. Correct. Maybe six-win team. Yep. They only have two. And Moeller's only one in six. No, you're a fat. That's, that's exactly. killed them. Well, that's and that's the problem with the when system. you're in that when you're in that five to like ten or eleven range, depending on wins and losses. That's where the second level points kill you. I could make an argument that they are one of the three or four best teams in the state in Division Two. Not even debatable. And they may not make the playoffs. Yeah, I think they will. So you think they, I do? You, I, I I would tell you right now. I think they lose to Elder, beat LaSalle. What do you think? Well, I th- if they do that, I think they have well, to win. Well, if they do that, I think they're They real. have to win one of the next two. Yes. If they do that, I think they make it. Well, especially but, but because you've don't. got. Well, if they beat if they beat Elder, which they did last year. Yeah. I think they've won them two years in a row, in fact. Yeah, I think you're right. If they beat Elder, um, and they've had a good run against the GCL okay, but, but your losses, I know. Your losses could be the following. St. Right. Ed's, um, the team from Missouri that's yep. pretty good. Elder. Oh, you're right. And, and LaSalle. And LaSalle. Right. And let me tell you, Elder's pretty good. Yes. I mean, their their line is outstanding. Their offense is tremendous. If they get any defense, they can make a run in D1. Yep. Let's hop over to Division Three, right. Region 12. Chaminade Julien is on Hyphen. top. Then Wapakoneta. Franklin sits at number three. Okay. Then locally, you got Ross at six, yep. Baden at seven. And how about this one? Hughes sitting yeah. at number eight. How about that? That's incredible. Right. Well, those all, I mean, Ross, it's been a while since they made the postseason. Kenyon Cummins, whose brother Curry is at Marymount. They're six and one. Having an outstanding year. year. Baden, which a couple years ago, now they're on the rise again. You're right. And it's great to see a team like Hughes. That means a lot. I mean, it really is. And they've got a shot. Yeah, sitting at number eight. Uh, let's go to Division Four, which guess. is Region 16. And uh, on top of that, no surprise, Wyoming. Indian Hill number two. Those yep. two teams will meet in the final regular in the season Scott, game. Well, so how about this? Yeah, this is good. How about the games we've got? We got East West. Then next week we've got two. Connor hosting Covenant Catholic. Yep. Same night we've got LaSalle hosting Winton Woods. And week 10 we've got Indian Hill Wyoming. at Wyoming. That's, Those, good that's the remaining yeah. schedule of the Skyline Chili Crosstown showdown. I like it. Uh, Clinton Massey's number three. Yep. Waynesville four. And then skip down locally. You still have Bethel Tate sitting at number seven. And Hyphen. Roger Bacon at number yeah. eight. And their great running back, Corey Connor. I'd like to see them get in. We got And we got a pep rally this week for Bethel Tate. Man, you got it all covered. about that? We got it all covered. We're everywhere. You got everything covered. We do. All right, let's go to Division five, Region yep. 20. Uh, locally, Taft is number two, and I tell you, he's done a great job. They're just—they're really good. They are. He Jeff's done a great job there. He really has year in and year out. They're sound. They're fundamentally good. They're, they're just good. Yes, they are. Uh, number three is CHCA. Number right. five, Summit Country Day saw them uh, against Norwood. Yep. I got you need a shout out. We had we had Summit Country Day Norwood. Yep. 
And Norwood, which hasn't won a game this year, was right. losing by basically an average margin of 50-7. to seven. Stood toe-to-toe with Summit for about, about two and a half quarters. Funny, I flipped on in the first half because you and I had discussed, boy, that looks a little lopsided. And then you're right, I saw it in the first half and thought, okay. Yeah, no, they, they did a good yeah, job. They did. But Summit sits at number five. They are 7-0 and record-wise, but only 6-0 and in the Harbins because in game one this year, they played the Landmark Eagles club team, and that's not recognized as a, an OHSAA program. So hence, they don't get credit for that victory. Uh, also locally, Marymount is eight and Madeira is nine. Those two teams play in yep. the final regular season game yeah. and may be playing for uh, for not just a, Big rival a CHL game, game and a rivalry game, Absolutely. but which one makes the playoffs? Oh, boy. I don't know. I don't either. I think they're, I, that's an evenly. I think it could go either way. I think it could too. Non-committal. And then uh, Division Six, Region Twenty Four. We are shut out locally at the too moment. Many teams. Deer Park is the top team locally, okay. and they sit at number ten. So All they're right. on the outside looking. Do we in. have any in seven? Division Seven. I think we did last week. New Miami. I, bet we I believe do. is the only okay, one. Okay, they were undefeated. New Miami's number two. Cincinnati College Prep is yeah, number four. That's Jeremy Fluger did a great job at Aiken. Look at you. He's now there. Look at you with your Cincinnati College Prep knowledge. That's you. it. Just those two. Those now, are the two locals. Do you know where it is? Um, I've driven by it. Have you really? Yeah, I, I, and I'm trying to draw a complete blank I, I, on where it I was. I don't know either. I drove past Schroeder one day and went, oh, that's Schroeder. Yeah. Oh, oh, that's nice. It is that's nice. right next to where, where yeah. the Coke is yeah. over there. Now, let me let me point out one thing and see if you yes. agree with me. Football, and I'm going back to Division One. football's gotten much better in Central Ohio. There are some very good yeah. teams now year in and year out in Columbus. But i got to tell you, whew, on a statewide scale, Mentor and St. Edward. Light I mean, years. They played week one, Mentor won 29 28. It's only, it's only lost at St. Ed's. They're undefeated. St. Ed's, their only loss. It's going to be, t- I'm just saying, I, I hate to point this out, but Northeast Ohio looks pretty good. Northeast Ohio looks ridiculously good. Here's the scores, by the way, this year for, for Mentor. Beat St. Ed's, as you mentioned, by a point. Uh, beat St. I by seven. Beat uh, a team from Clarkson by 13, and then won. The last four games, 73-0, 63-7, 41-7, The last three of those over Medina, Solon, and Brunswick. All now, by 40, if I'm 40 wrong. points or more. That Clarkson, wasn't that 28-15? to 15? It was. I'm sick that I, I'm getting like you. Wow. Say, but here's, here's the only thing I'll point out. That's, yeah, that's the same team. That, that X just played. Well, they beat St. Ignatius, yeah. 41-40, to 40, and X pummeled them yes. last Friday. Now, they're traveling all over yeah, the place. Still, but I, nonetheless, that's a, that's a prep de- academy. Yeah, that's a decent comparison of scores. And by the way, this is the last regular season week in Indiana. East Central that? will likely finish undefeated. Lawrenceburg will yeah. probably finish with one loss, and Lawrenceburg's one loss was two. East, East Central. Central in the and first those, game. And those two teams have now gotten perennially where they are, you know, they're contenders no every year in the playoffs. No question about it. All right, when we come back, we got our final segment, some college football to touch on. One of the contenders is no longer by the wayside. We're dwindling down to the handful of teams that can play in the college football playoff. We'll look at UC's big win in Houston. Ohio State coming off the week off. Two weeks from now, actually technically a week from now, looming a big showdown with Wisconsin. we got much more as we continue. It's the Angry Quarterbacks. I'm Richard Skinner. He's Tom Gamble from the James Rapine Memorial Studios and your friends at ESP Media. Are you looking to produce your own podcast? ESP Media has state-of-the-art audio and video production studios available for you. Our studio rental rates are the most competitive in town. Contact us today at sales at ESPMediaSN.com or 513-655-4966. That's 513-655-4966. It's your podcast. We just produce it. Welcome back into the final segment of this week's edition of the Angry Quarterbacks. I'm Richard Skinner from Local 12 and Local12.com. 
In for Tony Pike this week, who's the real quarterback on the show, is my former Angry Guys partner, radio partner Tom Gamble. Appreciate him stopping in. We've talked some NFL and the Bengals. That we had to painfully get our way through that segment. Yeah, I thought brutal. we had a very enjoyable high school segment. We did. That's we much did. more fun. It yes. was. And college football segment should be yeah. some fun, too. Because we both love college football. Exactly right. Let's start locally where UC went to Houston. And I thought that was a, I thought that was a tough place coming off the UCF win. Going yeah. on the road, Houston. You know they had the obviously the quarterback who decided he was going to going to redshirt after four games, and the wide receiver too. And after that, they got a win over a decent North Texas team and handled them. I thought, okay, tough spot. I mean, UC really controlled that game from the outset. Well, I told my they're, middle they're son, impressive. I told my middle son Michael. I said this is one of those games. Yep. Where we're going to find out a lot about UC. I think I thought this we were is too. one where you might go, uh oh. And there were a couple uh-oh moments during the game. But never really relinquished the lead. Well, no, they didn't. And and I will tell you, I thought on the road, you know, now when you're UC in the AAC, everybody's going after you now after last season. No, I mean, I thought Des Ritter played well enough. You know, they can run the football. I thought their defense came up. It's been really good. It has been really good. I think that's that's decidedly different. And they've got a shot now. If you look at their remaining schedule, they've got a shot to win out. Now, there's still a couple difficult ones, but they have a legitimate shot to win out. Yeah, this week's game, they play Tulsa at home, 3.30 kickoff at Nippert. Tulsa, the the team they should handle. Then at East Carolina, yeah, it's on the road, but they should handle East Carolina. UConn is after that. They're abysmal. Dreadful. South Florida got a... A heck of a comeback win over yeah, BYU. It stunned still, me. No, no, it did me too, it, but they're it, bad. Yeah, but it is, bad. it is on the road. Temple at home. Temple just beat Memphis in a good right, game. But it's here. It is here. Yeah. And then they play at Memphis. So yeah. the, the end games, the, the last, last three two were probably the, I'll three. Throw, I'll okay. throw USF in there. Just, right. Maybe they found something, or yeah. maybe BYU's just that bad too. I don't know. BYU's had a number of close they losses have. early yeah, right. this season. But, but you are correct. But I, I will tell you, I, I really think – this UC team is but a I think complete UC, look, team. Look, here's the thing. They're going to be favored. They're our favorite this week by 17. They'll be favored at East Carolina, favored yep. over UConn, favored at South Florida, favored over Temple, and in the Memphis game, I, it's still if, to be determined. So yeah. you're, you're going to be favored to get to that Temple game 10-1. and one. I mean, yeah. the, the, the I mean, Memphis game 10-1. and one. They got a shot. I mean, they got a shot to be in a big-time bowl. Yeah. And deservingly so correct. if they run the table if they win with the that a- schedule. Yeah, if they finish 11-1, win the AAC championship game, which may be a rematch with Memphis yeah. for all you know when all said and done. And I will tell you, while, while it's easy to say, ah, oh, the AAC, and wish they were in the Big 12 and this or that and lament. I think the that, league's much better this it's year. It's better. Than, I, I would agree with you. There are five or six teams yeah. in the AAC that are very reputable. Yeah, UC, UCF, obviously. Yep. UC. Yep. Um, Temple. I mean, yes. t- Temple's Temple's pretty good. Sure, they are. Uh, Memphis for sure. Yep. And There's Fort Navy. Maybe. I mean, if Houston, if Houston wasn't such a and he wasn't such a goof, I'd put them in well, there. And, and they got some those, dudes. Dana Holgerson to me is one of those coaches. What has he ever done? Drank, what drank is he, a lot. And but I mean, the ball he needs a and, haircut. He looks horrendous on the side. What the hell has he ever done? I mean, he won to a degree at West Virginia, but he didn't do anything special, no. correct? Yeah. No, he did not. And now he's making tons of money in Houston, and their stadium was half full at best. Yes. I'm going to save Ohio State for the last okay. of the locals here. I'll move on to Kentucky, which got a win over Arkansas 24-20. And, and in, 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 the, in the vacuum of just that win... It's nothing special, but the way they won it with a wide receiver playing quarterback yeah. the whole game, Lynn Bowden, and running for 190 yards and making play after play after play. Actually, I think he was 7 of 11 passing as well. That that That's one of the greatest performances in Kentucky football history. It really was, by, by an individual. Unless you're the Steelers and down to your third-string quarterback, you take any program. Yeah, they had to take, take the wide their, receiver. Right, and take the top two out. You're moving a dude from a different position. Yep. 
in the SEC. Yeah, good luck with that. Usually, I mean, right? I, that's it's a shame. Now, I think I think the, whole, the the good part is that it allowed Sawyer Smith another week to it heal did. up, and I guess he will probably start the game at Georgia. The problem is you're going to Georgia, which yeah. now this could go one of two ways for Georgia. It could be. What was us? We probably aren't going to yeah. get a chance to play for a national championship, or it could be we're pissed off and we're taking it out on the next next opponent, and we'll take it out on Kentucky. I still the SEC. Anytime you're on the road anywhere yep. in that league, it's is very it, very it, difficult. It, it is very difficult. Miami, <sighs> look, well, I watch. It was I, on, I, the game was I, on. I watched it too. It's was, twenty-one to sixteen, and next thing you know, it's thirty-eight right. to sixteen. I, I just at some you know you, you can continue to make this excuse that excuse. Help me out here. Yes, the year they started zero and six, they won the last. And they won the last six. The and then Petersburg lost, Bowl. lost the bowl. Yeah, to me, I, you know, Chuck Martin. I don't know. At some point, you got. And again, I'm I not thought the asking, week, I thought the Buffalo game. Look, I, they they obviously played very tough out of conference. They played UC, no which is very good. They yep. played Iowa, and yep. I don't know if I was very good, but I was still a top twenty five. They, are, and they team. played at Ohio State, and they played at Ohio State. So I mean, I'm not. So you're not winning you to those, win games. those games, right. But when you're in the Mid American Conference. I'm asking you to show improvement. I see no improvement. No, they, they, they won the None. first game of the league over Buffalo, which, which that even surprised me. Well, and it was helped by four Buffalo turnovers, it was, but that's part of the deal. Okay. And then they go in this game and they're up six nothing in driving, and then throw a pick, and it's twenty one sixteen. Right? Then they grinded their way back into twenty one sixteen. Look up thirty eight sixteen. This week they have Northern Illinois, and honestly, I, I wouldn't know what to tell you other than Northern Illinois is two and four, and that's a team you should beat in Yeager Stadium. Yes, correct. Oh yeah, pretty Ye- simple. I don't get it. Pretty simple. Yeah. Let's move on to the Ohio State Buckeyes. Coming off the week off, they've got a Friday game at Northwestern. Northwestern is extremely offensive challenged. I do think Pat Fitzgerald will figure out something to to make this interesting for a while. But I've said this on on another podcast I do with Rick Broering because we do the our weekly picks yeah. against the number. Anytime you're starting with Ohio State and a number in your mind, you start with them scoring 40 points. I know they didn't do that against Michigan State. They had an off week and still scored 34. So you're starting at 40. And then when you look at that defense, you're looking and going, well, that team isn't getting 10, or that team isn't getting 7. And you look at Northwestern offensively, they this is 40-7 to 7 Ohio State. So we haven't talked about this. I'm, I'm going to ask yeah. you a question. Here's the only thing for me. And look, they're very good. I'm not debating that for a second. Their schedule's been horrendous. I mean, let's be honest, it's been brutal. But they've punished people they in that are. schedule. But hold on. Okay. Here's the one thing I saw against Michigan State. And Michigan State, my God, if you have to try to watch Michigan they're, State full, you need you need no dose. Lewerke. He's horrifying. <laughs> but here's what I would tell you. The one thing I saw in that game, because I do feel like Michigan State has a decent defense. The one thing I saw is if Justin Fields is forced to throw the football consistently – Canning. That's been the big question all season long. And In that game, right. I, I watched and I thought, I don't know. I mean, I don't know. I mean, they, they steamrolled Nebraska, which is not very good. I mean, at the end of the day. But they look, did. But the thing is, they steamrolled Nebraska on the road. Don't misunderstand me. Indiana on the is road. very, very good. I think Indiana's a bowl team this year. They steamrolled Cincinnati, yeah. which defensively you know is pretty good. You know what I think a bowl team is. I know. That's a good I mean, point. And think about how there are so many teams in the Big Ten that are just horrendous. I'm going to throw Michigan. Michigan is not any good. No. They're not. Harbaugh's been the since he's been to Michigan, he's the most overexposed, overblown coach. Yeah, I mean, I was saying in, in the last, you know, after this Northwestern game, three of the last five are against Wisconsin, which is okay. I think I'm looking so because I think Wisconsin's yeah. legit, and I think I've, we've all fought that before. And they get into games like this. Defense is really good. I still question can Cone, Ohio well, State. Well, can Cone throw the ball against Ohio State? At Ohio and State, and can they run the ball against Ohio? I think State? it's can they run the ball because that's what yeah, they do, right? Um, and then they play Penn State at home next to last game, and then at Michigan last game. 
There are at least three tests. They down are the road. no question. I mean, the the Wisconsin game to me, the winner of that game, in my opinion, runs the table to the Big Ten championship I game and puts their name in the picture for the the uh, college the football playoff. playoff. I, I'm I just agree. going just eyeball test. Oh, yeah, Ohio State to me passes the test right now as the best team in the country. Maybe I'm all over my skis on that. Maybe Alabama's played a better schedule. LSU well, has done. Alabama, I mean, LSU has done some things yeah, that make you go well, wow. The challenge for LSU is that they still have to go to Alabama. Correct. I would tell you that LSU and Alabama, in my opinion, based on watching them week in and week out, are two of the best four teams in the country. Yeah. I don't feel that way with Georgia. I'm sorry. Well, I they're don't. gone now. They're, yeah, they are. But I mean, this was a year. I told. I've, I've said this. This was a year. Unless Alabama and LSU is a one-point game between the two, this is a year where nobody can afford a loss. Because I, I think you're going to well, have Clemson's going to finish unbeaten. Oklahoma's going to finish unbeaten. Yeah. I think the winner of LSU, Alabama, finishes unbeaten. And Ohio State or, and or Wisconsin has a chance to finish unbeaten. Have to go to an eight-team playoff. If, if you I were, do, I agree If with you that. were sitting at eight right now, you'd have no issue. The only issue you'd have is if you, if you did go to eight, I do think you would have it be the champion, the tournament champion, or the conference champion from each of the Power Five, and that would unfortunately include the Pac-12. So you'd have a little bit of an issue there. You would, but you still have three. You still have you still have three at-large teams that you can pick, and this year you'd have three really good at-large teams to pick. But I tell you, there are some those teams and that upper echelon of college. And you know, Clemson's been forgotten about. Yeah, because they play in such a crap league, which isn't their fault. No, but. I know. Schedule, well, they schedule Texas A&M, I guess, home and home. Right, and but, Texas A&M has yeah. turned out to be not very no, good. No, correct, correct. But I, I, I'll give them credit for scheduling. Okay. All right, so if, you, if I had to make you pick four right now, who would your four be? And it's hard because there's a lot of teams with similar resumes. Alabama. Yep, I agree Ohio with that. State. I definitely agree with that. LSU. Agree with that. I would pick Clemson. I'd pick they're Oklahoma. The, they're the defending I national champ. But I've heard the argument made, in, like, let's, let's pretend this year that Five teams finish undefeated. Um, oh, boy. Yeah. Which could be Clemson, could be but, Oklahoma. But, but I've heard the argument for Clemson of you can't reward them for being a past champ. That, that this year is about this year, and well, they don't pass the in, eyeball test as much this year. In theory, I tend to agree with that, but you're the defending champ. I know champ. that. I know and that. To me, and you went undefe- you and can, if you'd gone undefeated, well, right? All you can do is right. if you win all your games after winning it last year. I think that's kind of a short sighted, but it I probably I is. But I get it. I mean. You know, and their schedule, right? They played Texas A&M. It's not their fault that A&M hasn't turned out to be very good. The A- the ACC is horrific. It's awful. And but I think everybody. I think Wake Forest was the second best team in it. In the they league. lost to Louisville. lost to Louisville. But I think everybody points to that game at North Carolina. Yes. they can't get over that. You got to get over the one game. Yeah, because I, I think everybody. I think Ohio State's going to have that game at some point. Most every team. Most everybody does. does. Yeah. So I think. Yeah, I think you're right. I think you have to get over that part of it. Um, all right, good stuff. I appreciate you hopping in this week. Hey, it's fun. Good deal. Take care of that cough. Everything else. Bad, isn't it? All right. Enjoyed it very much. Same uh, here. Next week, Tony Pike, we think we'll be back. We expect him to be back. We'll see if he comes back. I think he'll be back. He had some other issues today, and I, we all understand. We all that. have issues. We all have, we all have Lots issues. of issues. We do indeed. For Tom Gamble, I'm Richard Skinner. Thanks for being with us. From the James Rapine Memorial Studios, this has been the Angry Quarterbacks from ESP Media. Get sick of us. It's time to make a move. I'm shaking off the rugs. I've got my heart set on anywhere but here. I'm staring down myself, counting up the years.